Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. lovely lovely morning this morning I had such a beautiful view of a full moon from my house it was so beautiful I tried to take a picture but no picture can can describe that I I want to teach you this morning as I usually do but before I do that I want to share a gentle prophetic warning that it's been laid on my heart these days that it's important that we realize that we are living in perilous times, very dangerous times. There's such an uncertainty and so much fear that is spread around and the necessity on us to be ready at all times. The words that the Spirit gave me, two words, be watchful and prayerful. Don't fall asleep. Don't get caught napping nowadays because this is not the time to be sleeping spiritually. There are things going on around that we need to discern and understand the season and the times that we are in. And in order to cope and overcome the flood of evil and the specific attacks that come against you and me, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, you need to be found in a place of strength, Spiritually, be strong in the Lord, Paul says, and in the power of his might. Why? So that you may be able to withstand the evil day. Strong spiritually, in the Lord, mentally, stable, emotionally, healed and whole, physically, healthy and fit, financially, sound. And that's what I want to share with you prophetically. Stay alert. Be watchful. Be prayerful. Jesus said, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Temptation will come knocking on your door. Whether you fall into it or not is whether you are strong enough to withstand if you are watchful and prayerful, you will be more than enough, not only to cope, but to overcome it. Amen? Amen. I'm just sharing this, by the way, as a gentle prophetic warning. Get to a place where you are healthy and strong spiritually, 
mentally, emotionally. Make an effort to walk with God. And today we, I'm going to deviate uh, just a little, uh, just for this week anyway, from the series that I have been teaching on keys to walking in the Spirit. You're familiar with that. We've already done three sessions. But today I'm prompted to go in another direction. And I want to teach on being rooted and grounded in the truth. Being rooted and grounded in the truth of God's Word. I've decided to teach on this today because I have noticed lately that some of the folk who have been following my ministry and my teaching on the web have been experiencing unusual pressure in their lives. This kind of pressure was weighing so much on them, causing them to even question the very word they received in some of these areas that they were being attacked in or pressurized in. And so, in fact, one of them said with tears, nothing works for me lately. You, you ever felt like that, that you've been praying and you've been standing on the word and you've been believing and nothing seems to work? This person was so um, emotional and in tears burst out, nothing works for me lately. I'm still not healed despite all the believing and all the praying that I've been doing. So my prayers don't seem to work anymore. What's going on? Another said, since we joined your ministry, <laughs> since this, this, this is a testimony of, of, of a family that I'm talking about. Last week, this happened a few days ago. Since we joined your ministry and follow your teaching, we have been experiencing pressure like we have never known before. And I'm questioning the Lord. I said, oh, <laughs> this is not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for some breakthroughs. I'm looking for some testimonies. And here is what's going on. You called me into the ministry of restoration. That if folk would, would listen to the word I bring and align themselves to this ministry, they will experience some form of restoration in their lives. Now all I'm hearing especially these last few days, the word doesn't work for me. And I'm experiencing severe pressure since we joined your ministry. Well, I went to the Lord about it. <laughs> I didn't know what to answer. How do you answer when people say to you, the word isn't working for me? Uh, how do you answer a person who says, well, since I've been listening to you, I've had one problem after another, one pressure after another. What's going on? Well... I said, I don't know, but I will, I will inquire of the Lord and come back to you. So I went to prayer about it. I questioned the Lord concerning this matter. Well, I got my answer from the Gospel of St. Mark. You know, there is always an answer in the Word of God if you know how to find it. Amen? Amen. Mark's Gospel, chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. I'm reading from King James Version. Jesus is teaching 
on the parable of the sower and the different grounds that the word fell in. And these are they likewise, which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves and so endure but for a time and afterward when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake immediately they are offended and i received a revelation and this is the revelation i received and i'm sharing it with you Jesus said affliction or persecution arises for what's for whose sake? For the word's sake. Affliction or persecution comes into your life for the word's sake. For what purpose? What is the purpose of this persecution and affliction? so that the enemy may steal the word from your heart, the word that you received, he will endeavor to steal that word and cause you to become unfruitful in that area where you are endeavoring to believe the word of God. That is the devil's goal, to cause through pressure and offense to back off the word and say it's not working. I've tried this. How many times have I heard through the years, Pastor, I've tried that and it doesn't work for me. It may work for you, but it doesn't work for me. I explained to them afterwards (laughs) that the reason they were experiencing so much pressure is because of the word they have received from this ministry. And the enemy is trying to steal it from them. See, if you're not aware of what the enemy is doing, how are you going to resist it? Amen? What they needed to do and what we need to do is to hold fast to the word we received long enough until the word has an opportunity to throw roots in you and become part of your nature part of your spirit, part of your mental and emotional man. But you have to give the word enough time and attention and care so that the word which is the incorruptible seed of God can take root within you and then it will produce, Jesus said, 30-fold, 60 or 100-fold return. Amen? Amen. So, because of this, because of this revelation I received, I want to take some time this morning in this session to teach you in a practical way how to resist these attacks and ultimately give the word sufficient time in order to produce a great harvest in your life whether it's the healing word you received, whether it's financial prosperity, whether it's uh, in your marriage or in any given sphere of your life, God specifically has given us wonderful, exceeding, 
precious promises so that by these we may become partakers of his divine nature and by doing that we escape the corruption that is in the world. In other words, we live on another level, above the corruption, above the decay, above the temptation. Amen? So this is what we're going to be doing this morning. I realize that living by faith should not be a tiresome struggle, but a life that continually rests in the Lord. You see, faith always rests. Wherever you see people believing God, they're not struggling to believe. They're just resting in the Lord. They're not trying to believe. Pastor, I'm trying to believe. Then you're not in faith. Amen? You're trying to get there, but you're not there yet. Faith always rests. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 3 says, He who believes has entered into God's rest. When we rest, God works. When we're struggling, God ceases to work. Amen? Faith knows the end from the beginning. If you know the outcome of the situation, you're not going to stress anymore. You're not going to worry anymore. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, you know the answer. You know the end result. And because you know the end result, you rest. Hello? That's faith. Amen? Now, this kind of rest that we're speaking about, the, the rest of faith, is the result of knowing God intimately. Knowing God on an intimate level. The way to get to this intimate knowledge is only one way. It's through His Word. Because God and His Word are one. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus is the living Word of God, and He said, No one comes to the Father except by me, except through me. Amen? So you want to get to this intimate knowledge that produces the rest of God, you have to go through the Word of God. There's no other avenue. Amen? According to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says, the Word is also the author and the finisher or the perfecter of our faith. You want your faith perfected? There's only one way to do it. And that is the living Word of God. And those who desire to perfect the faith and usher themselves into the place of rest must go through the word and allow that word to perfect their faith. Amen? Praise God. You're with me so far. The most powerful force in the universe is the word of God. There's nothing more powerful than his word. No one can do what the word of God can do. There is no power on earth that can change the human heart, the human behavior, or human personality except the Word of God. Amen? Do you agree with that? So, God in His love and mercy has been so gracious to us by giving us His all-powerful Word to meet and satisfy every need of human existence. Psalm 107, verse 20, you need to memorize this verse. You need to know it off my heart and meditate on it. Psalm 107 verse 20 says, He sent His word and healed them 
and delivered them from their destructions. And those of us who have tasted and experienced the life-giving power of the Word of God know that this is true. Amen. The Word of God declares that lasting peace and joy is only found in the Word of God. Jeremiah testifies, and he says in Jeremiah 15, verse 16, Your words were found, and I ate them. How do you eat the Word of God? Now, he's speaking figuratively, of course. He said, I found your words, and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart, for I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. We're going to talk about how do you eat the word. You see, when you eat something, it becomes part of you. Isn't that what happens when we eat natural food? What, what happens? We digest and it becomes part of us. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word of God must become flesh in you, part of your life, part of your flesh, part of your nature, before it begins to produce fruit. And we know that humanity throughout its existence has tried and searched for alternative ways and means to find solutions and provide answers, amen, to the insurmountable problems we face and fail miserably. There's no other way. There's only one way, and that is the Lord Jesus. No one comes to the Father except by me, Jesus said. There's only one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. And God in his mercy, he has given us his all-sufficient word And those who are wise enough have embraced and received his word with all of the hearts. And in that embrace, and those of us who have tasted again and experienced what I'm sharing with you, those of us who have tasted that and embraced the word as the word describes it, we found peace beyond human understanding, love beyond comprehension. Amen? No one can love you like the word of God loves you. No one cares for you like he cares. That's why Peter says, casting the whole of your care, all your worries, all your anxieties on him once and for all. For he cares for you affectionately, the Amplified Bible says, and cares about you watchfully. Wow, what a promise. Why do we carry the burdens when we can just roll it on the Lord, when we can just cast it on Him and live a life that is carefree and worry-free and stress-free? We do. We carry it because of unbelief. We don't really believe what the Word says. Because if you believe, you will act on it. Amen? So, I believe that the one question unsaved people will have to answer the Lord on the day of judgment is this. God is going to ask them, what have you done with my word, which I have sent to you in the person of Jesus Christ? What have you done with it? Receiving the word of God must be done the way the Lord prescribes us to receive him and not as we think, or even as we like. 
And I'm going to explain that. If the word will do his work and bring about the desired results in your life, you must receive the word according to the specifications that the word of God has given us. It's like you're going to the doctor, you have some symptoms in your body, he does or she does the examination and says, I know what your problem is, this is your problem, fills in a prescription. Amen? Mm -hmm. You go to the chemist, you obtain that medication, and on the prescription it says, take three times a day after meals. If you don't take the medication according to the prescription, it's not going to help you. If you buy the medication and you keep it on the, by your bedside, you never take it inside you, it's also not going to help you. Amen? You will continue to be sick. Well, the Word of God is the same. God has prescribed to us the way we must embrace and the way we must receive the Word of God. And the prescription is given us is recorded in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 and 22. This is God's prescribed way of receiving the Word of God. Proverbs 4, 20, 22, from the New King James Version. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they, my words, are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Let's break this down. The first instruction he gave us is to attend to his word. To attend means to give the word our undivided attention. In other words, give him priority. Give him first place in our everyday lives. Let me give you a practical example of what it means to attend to the Word. Last Sunday, or the Sunday before, the folk that I ministered to on the web, one of them texted me a message right after the, the ministry of the Word and said, I have a question for you. I responded, can you please hold your question until later as I have guests now to attend to? I had visitors from Zimbabwe and they were in my house. They attended the, the session and then we went for a meal. And I said, I responded, can you please hold your question until later as I have guests to attend to right now and when I'm finished with the guests, I will answer your question. What was I doing? I was giving attention and priority to what? <clears throat> to my guests. It's not that I didn't want to answer the question, but my guests took priority. And that's what it means. <laughs> giving your attention to the Word of God is giving priority to Him before anything or anyone else. Amen? Give it first place. When you have done that, 
then attend to your other business, whatever that business might be. Are you with me? That's what it means to pay attention to the Word of God. Many will put everything else first, whatever you can think of. If it's not work, it's family. If it's not family, it's some other issue that is pressing you. They are all over the place. Why? Because they have no set priorities in their lives. They will attend to everything else, and if they have any time at all, let's read a verse or two from the Bible. Well, my brother, my sister, this will not work. Are you with me? It's not going to work for you. The word will not work for you. Why? Because you're violating the prescription. You're not receiving the word the way the word instructs you to receive it or receive him. Let's go further. The next instruction given is incline your ear to my sayings. To incline means to bend your ear and in this case towards the word of God. Listen. Listen to what the word of God says. To listen means to tune into the word and tune out anything and everything else that contradicts the word of God. There's a, there are many voices in this world that communicate fear and doubt and unbelief. You need to learn to become selective in your hearing. That's what my wife calls selective hearing. She would often say to me, Andrea, you have selective hearing. You only hear what you want to hear. You know why she says that? Because there has been several times when she... She was talking to me and I heard the sound of her voice, but I was not listening to what she was saying. If she had asked me, what did I just say? (laughs) Then I would be really look stupid (laughs) because I didn't hear a word she said. All I heard is the sound of her voice. That's what we do with God many times. We, We know what the word of God sounds. We may read it a few times but we're not listening to what he's actually saying to us. Hello. We do that every Sunday. We hear the word. We hear the sound. We may read it during the week, but we have not stopped to listen. Truly listen. Tune in what he's saying to you. And that's when meditation comes in. When you meditate the word, the written word becomes the rhema word. Incline your ear to my sayings. When you take time to meditate the word of God, what is written becomes alive in you. And the word begins to speak to you by the revelation of the spirit because you are Listening intently. That's what it means, incline your ears to my sayings. And we need to develop selective hearing, folks. In other words, select who and what you listen to. 
because what you listen to can either communicate fear and doubt and unbelief or faith, courage, love, acceptance and faith in your life. Jesus said, be careful what you're hearing. Why would he say that? Take heed, he said, what you listen to. Amen. There are forces out there that endeavor to destroy your life, to fill you with fear and unbelief and uncertainty and insecurity. It's your choice who you listen to. You have a choice to tune it out and you have a choice to tune into what God is saying to you. That's how you get the Word of God to take root in your heart, in your mind. Amen. The next instruction given is, do not let my words depart from your eyes. This has to do with healthy vision or single vision. The Bible wants us to be single-minded. Single vision is a healthy vision. Jesus said, your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But if your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. This has to do with how you see things. The Word of God provides godly vision for our lives. And therefore, if we, we need to constantly see what God sees. Proverbs 29.18 says, Where there is no prophetic vision or godly vision, the people perish. Now, keeping the word before our eyes refers to seeing everything from the word's point of view rather than from the natural point of view. The word of God sees you, the believer, as healthy, prosperous, blessed, redeemed, forgiven, and highly favored. That's who you are. That's how God sees you. And you never get God to change his mind about you. He will call things which be not as though they were. And you need to call things which be not in the natural as though they were because they are. Amen? So, if ever you see yourself differently than the Word sees you, then surely the Word has departed from your eyes. If you see yourself sick, if you see yourself rejected, if you see yourself lonely, if you see yourself as a victim, the Word has departed from your eyes. Keep the Word. That doesn't mean walk with the Bible in front of your eyes. You're going to bump into things if you ever do that. That's not what he means. Your vision must be in line with the way God sees things, with the way the Word sees things. And the final instruction is to keep the Word of God in the midst of your heart. He says, keep my words in the midst of your heart. To keep means to guard over the Word in your heart by keeping and holding on, even in the tough times. Even when nothing seems to work, say to yourself, the Word always works in my life. The Word always works. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I do. 
what I feel. I'm only moved by what I believe, and I believe and declare the Word of God in the midst of contradictory circumstances. That's what it means to keep the Word in your heart and in your mouth. If you keep it, it will throw root. If we follow these instructions given to us in Proverbs 4, there will be no room in our hearts or in our minds for the junk that this world (coughs) gives us. There'll be no room because your heart and your mind is filled with the word. There will be no room for unbelief. There will be no room for fear, no room for doubt. And the benefits of this exercise, folks, will be life the way God has it and health to all of our flesh. We won't struggle to have faith if that's the case. You will never struggle to believe God because you're full of the word. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You will come to the place of what I call effortless faith. Amen? Why? Because the word has taken root in you. A major problem that we have in the church today among believers is that most believers just dabble in the word. You know what it means to dabble? Rather than being fully immersed into it. If you just dabble in the word, the word won't work for you. It's impossible. The knowledge of the word we possess at this present stage, even in the church, in the church, is more intellectual and superficial rather than experiential knowledge that comes from living with the word and proving him to be true and faithful and reliable. If the word isn't working for you, then you don't know the word. The only part of the word that you truly know is the part that works for you. Amen. So when we continue with the word day in and day out, following God's prescribed way, we will come to the place of knowledge which produces the kind of faith that rests. You will come to that place where you will know things supernaturally. Not because you see them, but because you have the witness of the Spirit that you know. You know that you know. People ask you, how do you know? Well, I cannot, I cannot explain it any other way except that I know. Someone will, how do you know you're saved? How can you explain that? It is an inner assurance, an inner knowledge that cannot be rooted out of you, no matter what you see, no matter what anybody says. I know that I know. How do you know? I know by the Spirit. You come to that assured place, that place of rest. You will know that God loves you, even if nobody else does. Oh, my wife doesn't love me and she doesn't treat me anymore. So what? God loves me. Hello? My husband doesn't treat me as he ought to. Well, God does. You know. You're never lonely. You never feel rejected. You never doubt God's love. Why? Because the love of God has taken root in your life through the Word. Amen? Praise God. You will know things supernaturally. You'll know you are forgiven. No matter what the enemy tries to bring up your past to you. 
and tell you, you remember that, you know, you, know, you hypocrite and all of that. You will not be faced at all. In fact, you will just speak to the devil like you speak to a moron, says. You laugh at it. Laugh in his face because you know the truth. Amen. You can't get that kind of faith by just dabbling in the word, folks. You just can't do it. We need to immerse ourselves in the word. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it will be done. Prayers are not answered. Simple. You abide in Christ through the new birth, but the word isn't abiding in you. We have to have both. Amen. Paul writing to the church says in Colossians 3.16, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. God said to Joshua, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate in it. How long? How often? Day and night. Why? That you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. Then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. God has given us the tools, but it's up to us what we do with them. I heard this from the Spirit of God. I know it's true. He said, you do not love me anymore than you love my word. <laughs> you do not love me any more than you love my word. The amount of time we invest in the word of God by studying it, by practicing it, meditating in it, is a true reflection of our love and devotion to the Lord. And that is so true. The greatest gift God has given to us is, is what? Is his word. The second greatest gift is time. Time is a gift from God. In fact, Moses prays, teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. The word brevity means shortness of time or duration of time. When we realize how short our life here on earth is, we will be wise enough not to squander it or invest it in things that have no eternal value whatsoever. Because you won't get it back. Time, you won't get back. Once it's gone, it's gone. I look over my life and I am so thankful to the Lord that he brought me to him at a young age that I didn't squander my life and most of my years chasing after the wind. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you. Jesus said to Martha, who was troubled and anxious about many things, the only thing is needed, he said, Martha, is the word of God. Martha, Martha, you are worried and you are troubled about many things. But one thing is needed. 
And Jesus said that part will never be taken away that Mary chose. What did Mary choose? She chose his word. Did she not have any anything to do? No. Jesus walked into the house with about 70, 75 of his followers, of his disciples. Don't you think that they needed to be the perfect host and have room and, and a meal? Of course there were other things that were pressing. Just like you, you have work. There are deadlines. There are pressures. What are you going to do? Are you going to choose the word? Or are you going to go with the pressure? Most of us would go with the pressure. So anything that comes up that seems to be urgent will divert our attention. So we are all over the place instead of giving our prime time to the word of God. In other words, your work is your God, not the word. Hello? Other people, God tells them to do something. They look at the pocket and say, I'm sorry, I don't have any money to do that. Who's their God? Their wallet determines what they will do and what they will not do. So who rules your life? The word or your circumstances? The work or the, the, uh, the, the word or the pressure that is on you? Hello? I'm not trying to condemn you. I'm trying to help you put priorities in order. Jesus said, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, everything else will be added to you. And this is not something I've read in the Bible. I've experienced it. God said, you take care of my house. I'll take care of your house. Put the word of God first. Even if you have to get up at four o'clock in the morning to do so. Because you have to drive for one hour to get to work. Or while you're driving to work, what do you listen to? Music? Garbage? News? Weather? Put the word in your ears, in your eyes, in your heart, in your mind. Then you come to that place where you rest. Everybody else is so stressed out and you, you live in peace and you live in the rest of God. Amen? That's how the word takes root in you. How to be rooted and grounded in the truth. That is the prescription. Take that prescribed way that God said in Proverbs 4, 2022, and stay on it, meditate on it, until you get those instructions in your heart. Amen? Praise God. You still love me? Are you going to immerse yourself in the Word? That's how you become fruitful disciples. This ministry is not going to take, is not going to launch forward in such a way unless you are people who are grounded in the truth of God's Word. God has much more for you to do. Amen. A great deal of work. But we need to be strong enough to handle it and direct it and guard it. And move forward with it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your precious word. The most wonderful gift you have ever given us. Because it's in your word that we find life. And whatever we need 
or desire. The psalmist said, in your presence, Lord, there is joy unspeakable and full of glory. And at your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Father, as Moses prayed, even so we pray this morning. Teach us to realize the brevity of life, the shortness of life, so that we may grow in wisdom. How to invest our lives and where to invest our prime time. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.